Are you looking for a way to save a little money? What about getting your subscriptions under control? If so, then I've got just the solution for you. Rocket Money. With the help of Rocket Money, I was able to find a subscription that I completely forgot to cancel before the free trial was up. I'm sure you've all been there. And Rocket Money can help me cancel it. Between streaming platforms, apps, delivery services, and even parenting and kids subscriptions, it's hard to keep track of exactly what you're spending and how much it all adds up to each and every month. Not to mention the fact that it seems every single day one of those subscriptions suddenly jumps up in price. Rocket Money alerts you when this happens so you're never caught unawares. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. With them, I can see clearly what my monthly spending is and how it compares to the month before, making saving money and taking control over my finances so much easier. They'll also try to negotiate lowering your bills up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll even deal with customer service for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash morning cup. That's rocketmoney.com slash morning cup. Rocketmoney.com slash morning cup. Today's podcast is brought to you by newspapers.com, the ultimate destination for exploring the mysteries of the past. If you're fascinated by true crime, get ready to dive into the stories that made headlines. Newspapers.com offers a billion pages of historical newspapers from the U.S. and beyond, and you can search the entire collection in seconds. Their vast newspaper collection is a goldmine for eyewitness accounts, crime scene photos, news reports, and more. Whether you're interested in famous crimes or long-forgotten cases, Newspapers.com gives you a front-row seat to more than 300 years of history. For our listeners, Newspapers.com has a special offer. Use the code CUPOFMURDER for an exclusive 20% discount on your subscription. That's promo code CUPOFMURDER at Newspapers.com. Sign up today and start unraveling the true crime mysteries that keep you up at night. If you're looking for a new true crime podcast with a different point of view, have I got the perfect show for you. The Prosecutors. Each week, Alice and Brett bring their own unique perspective as full-time prosecutors to the most famous and debated true crime mysteries. Whether it's Mara Murray, Scott Peterson, or Elisa Lamb, Alice and Brett do some deep dives to bring you details that you probably won't hear anywhere else. But it's not just criminal cases that they cover. They bring that same expertise and approach that they've learned as prosecutors to classic mysteries like the Diet Love Pass or the ghost ship Mary Celeste. And you won't just hear the stories. Alice and Brett talk you through the legal problems lurking behind every case, breaking down the complexities of the criminal justice system with humor and a personal touch without ever losing sight of the pursuit of justice, both for the victims and the accused. Murder, mayhem, disappearances, you name it. If it's true crime, Alice and Brett are on the case. Check out The Prosecutors wherever you listen to podcasts today. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Some heinous crimes can get lost amid the headlines for a much more salacious crime. On June 11, 1945, a man who would become the Beast of Manchester was born. 
And while his crimes were horrible and his victims deserving of acknowledgement, you've probably never heard of him. That's because this beast was working at the same time as the Yorkshire Ripper. So if you like your coffee hot, but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Trevor Joseph Hardy, born June 11, 1945, was released from an Albany jail on November 18, 1974, after serving two or so years of a five-year sentence for attacking a man with a pickaxe. When sentenced, the judge looked at the 31-year-old man and told him he was a menace to society, not realizing just how right he really was. Now, while he was behind bars, the dangerous man had all the time in the world to plan his revenge on the people he thought had wronged him. There was his old friend, Stanley O'Brien, who he thought double-crossed him, and 14-year-old Beverly Driver, his ex-girlfriend who found a new boy her own age and wrote him a Dear John letter while in prison. So, the day he walked out of prison and hopped on a train, all he could think about was getting even. Later saying that as he sat on that train, he just kept saying O'Brien and Beverly over and over. But this plan would never come to fruition because when he got to his parents' home in Mostyn, Manchester, they told him his old pal Stanley was already dead, which just left Beverly. On New Year's Eve of 1974, just weeks after his release from prison, Trevor Hardy went looking for the teenage girl who ended their relationship. He arrived at her home and threw an axe through her bedroom window. When no one reacted and he realized she was not home, he was furious. None of his plans were working out, plans that he had let consume him for over two years. As he let his anger seethe, he saw 15-year-old Leslie Stewart walking to meet her boyfriend. He didn't know this girl, but figured she was a good substitute and grabbed her, stabbed her in the throat, and buried her in a shallow grave in a nearby clay pit in North Manchester. With that, the Beast of Manchester was born. For weeks after her murder, he kept returning to Leslie's body to cut it up and relocate the pieces, eventually tossing her head into a lake. Leslie was reported as a missing person, and Trevor went on his way, keeping a ring of hers to give to another girl as a, quote, love token. On July 19, 1975, 17-year-old Wanda Scala was walking home from the hotel where she worked as a barmaid when an unknown man hit her over the head with a brick, knocking her to the ground. She was then robbed, sexually assaulted, strangled with her own tights, and left for dead. She was then dragged to a nearby building site and, just before burying her in a shallow grave, Trevor Hardy bit off one of her nipples. Her body was found just 400 yards from her front door in Mostyn. Like with Leslie's murder, he walked away with her bloodstained clothing and a purse as a morbid trophy honoring his crimes. Realizing there was a dangerous killer in their midst, a search began and, at its height, about 23,000 residents were stopped and searched. Then, a call came in that seemed to break the case. A man came to police and claimed that his older brother, Trevor, had been bragging about killing Wanda Scala. Trevor was arrested, but because his partner at the time, Sheila Farrow, gave him not just an alibi, but a contraband file to alter his teeth so they could not be matched to the bite mark, he was released. Unfortunately, this close call with police didn't stop Trevor Hardy. Six months later, the next and last to fall victim to the beast was captured. 
17-year-old Sharon Mossoff was on her way home from an office party in March of 1976 when she witnessed Trevor attempting to rob a shopping center. He grabbed her, stabbed her, and strangled her, stripping her of her clothing, bit off her nipple, and threw her into the Rochdale Canal 300 yards away from her home. After Sharon's murder, Trevor went on the run, living in quarries, railway tunnels, and canals to try and stay away from police scrutiny. But he couldn't seem to keep himself out of trouble and violently sexually assaulted a woman inside of a pub bathroom. She, like the women before her, fought for her life biting off the tip of her own tongue in the process and somehow managed to survive the attack and give police his description. Trevor Hardy was placed right back on the radar of police and on April 23rd, 1976, police were led to Trevor's girlfriend's apartment where they found and cornered not just the pub attacker, but the beast of Manchester. They had strong suspicions that the pub attack was not this man's only crime, And after months of interrogation and jail time, in August of 1976, Trevor was ready to talk. He confessed to the murder of Sharon Mossoff and Wanda Scholar and Wanda Scala, and, to the surprise of police, admitted to murdering Leslie Stewart, who, as far as they were concerned, was just a missing person. He was rearrested and, with the help of his trophies, it seemed like a pretty simple case to bring to trial. The trial began and, after firing his lawyer, Trevor Trevor Hardy pleaded guilty to a lesser charge of manslaughter in an attempt at a lesser sentence, but his plea was rejected. On May 2nd, 1978, he was found guilty of all three counts of murder and given three life sentences with a minimum of 30 years. Inside prison, he kept his nose clean and was considered a model prisoner though he maintained his innocence and reportedly sent a letter to Sharon's family blaming his parents for her murder. He has never shown an ounce of remorse for his crimes. He was given a whole life tariff in 2008 and soon became one of Britain's longest serving prisoners, a title he held until he collapsed in his cell on September 23, 2010 of a heart attack and died two days later at the age of 67. He served a total of 35 years. At the time of his death, Trevor Hardy was still a suspect in the 1971 murder of 17-year-old Dorothy Layden, so much so that, in 2004, her family asked for the case to be reopened with information on Trevor to be taken into consideration. Dorothy's body was found in April of 1971 after attending a concert at a local Manchester nightclub. According to locals, he is the man responsible for her death. But, according to officials, his DNA samples failed to match those found on her body. His involvement was officially dismissed in 2008. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on June 12th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.